Good evening, everyone. We're going to open the meeting now. I want to first read an official notice. Uh, this is a continuation of the open hearing, open public hearing of the Northborough Community Preservation Committee. Uh, today is January 4th, 2024. We are in the select board meeting room, the second floor of the Northborough Town Hall, 63 Main Street, for the purpose of reviewing proposals for the FY 2025 Community Preservation Act funds. These applications are available for review at the town's website, www.northboroughtown.northborough.ma.us slash community-preservation-committee or in person at the Planning Department, Northborough Town Hall. I am John Campbell, Chairman. We got that out of the way. Um, in our agenda tonight, I flipped it around to consider the minutes first, and I decided it makes sense to consider the minutes and any questions from the last meeting at the start of the next meeting. So having said that, um, I open the floor if anyone has any comments or amendments to the minutes from the December 7th meeting. I have just one, and it relates to the Affordable Housing Development Reserve Fund application and the discussion there. Um, I just think we should make the notes clear that the application and the discussion was with regard to funds to the NAHC, not to the CPC Affordable Housing Reserve. That confused me in the way the application title was written, and I just wanted it to be clear in the uh, minutes as well. So, for instance, the very first sentence, as Mr. Leaf requested, 126.855.65 to bring the reserve fund back to 500000 I thought we might amend that to say um, to bring funds available to the NAHC back to 500000 Is that sufficient? Okay. And um, I don't think it's described quite the same way anywhere else. So with that, uh, I would offer that amendment. I'd move to approve the amended uh, minutes. Second. Thank you for the second. Uh, all in favor of the amended minutes, approval. Aye. 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 Uh, yes, thank you. Bob is not here. As well. Daniel is not as well. So seven to nothing and two abstentions. Thank you very much. One other piece of business that is not so much public. Uh, Stuart Saginaw gave a great presentation to us on at the November meeting. I brought a thank you card to the December meeting to have a sign and totally forgot about it. So I'm doing it now. You guys can just sign your names. I want to send that off to him. And in the meantime, the rest of the agenda is to um, reconsider the applications that were first brought to us at the December 7th meeting. And we have one bit of news in that the application for the Melican Middle School Courts renovation and creation was uh, rescinded today. 
by the applicant, uh, Ali, the, the recreation director, since the budget, the proposed budget to do the work has come in so high that they don't think it, it, uh, it's the right time to present it. Ali, any comment on that? Have I presented that correctly? You have, absolutely. I mean, at this point, we've, we've got the estimate today. Scott and I sat down and talked, and we just don't think it's the right environment for the things that are going on in town to ask the CPC for almost $3 million to do the project. So we're going to pass for right now and try and reevaluate and come up with a different plan. Do you think a smaller scope is something that you might consider? We're not really sure because either way we have to come up with some sort of drainage system underneath the courts. We can replace them and they'll just crack again, again very close in the future. So it's sort of wasteful to do that. Um, I'm not really sure how we can get around the cost of the project at this point. So it's something we're going to have to sit down and try and figure out and hopefully collaborate with schools. Very well. So moving on from that, um, you did have another application with regard to the uh, the upgrade of the pickleball courts for soundproofing. And in your absence last time, Scott obviously covered for you well, gave us all the details. Would you like to add anything to that? Sure. from some of the neighbors that had contacted me previously. We also got some phone calls and I've spoken to some people who use the park actively, um, whether they're walking the track or using the pavilion, you know, anything like that. Um, I know it's newsworthy and you've all heard over the summer the noise nuisance of pickleball. So this shouldn't really come as a surprise. <laughs> Um, we, built, we built it with the best intentions, and as you know, if you drive by, they're used constantly. Um, it's one of the most obsessively popular sports I've ever seen in my, my years, and I love that people use them. I think it's fantastic. Um, it's a great way for people to get out there, be active, spend time with friends. Um, I, I love it. But I do not think it should be at the detriment of the neighbors and the other people using the facility. I can attest to the noise because I work down in the basement next to the gym and they play two to three hours a day in the gym and it's um, just one court. <laughs> so having six of them, I, I just would be hard to, uh, hard to stand if it was your outdoors living experience, um, you know, trying to use your yard. So I just wanted to forward these along. Um, I also wanted to forward some pictures of the material so that you can see what it will look like. What it, you can also obviously look up the website and get a better idea on the, you know. We have one, the full size shot here with, um, you know, what appears to be green tarping. That's an example from That's, another town. Yes, it is. That was the best example I could find yeah. for a picture. I mean, it's, it fits in fine. It does. and. I'm sure Scott explained to you that it's going to go three ways around. You know, it'll go 
by the neighbor on the right, across 135, and then when you're driving in. I really think it's going to take down the noise level when you are walking the track, when you're having a soccer game, whatever it may be. This one of these was just built at Millis High School and um, was put on around their pickleball courts because it was so annoying to the people <laughs> trying to go to school. And one of my commissioners is the principal at Millis High School. So I asked him, I'm like, can you please tell me if this actually works? He said it was wonderful. He said it made a big difference. So just having you know somebody with experience with it um, was helpful. I also called Burlington. I called a bunch of other towns that have gotten this exact one, and they said it was very helpful. So that's why I decided to move forward in trying to get this particular one. Now, you mentioned that it covers three sides. The exposed side would face the parking pavilion. and the pavilion. Do you feel like you should do all four sides? Not really, because that side, the fence is only four feet high. Oh, I see. It wouldn't make a difference. That, if you, if you want to talk yes, about. I didn't remember that. Well, Scott said that there would be like a return of six or some certain number of feet on that lower side as well. On the corners, yeah. yeah. On the corners, yeah. Yes. I'm just saying it's not going to go all the, the way, way across because yeah. A, the gates are there and it's lower. So <clears> the sound is still going to come right. over it, so we don't want to pay the expense of Kind of like there. wherever the fence is high, Correct. it'll be covered. Yes. Makes sense. Questions from the committee? More about soundproofing? I can hear it now. Well, they're fairly new in this in pickleball. I mean, the, the company's been around. They do a lot of this stuff around um, other things, but they're saying between five to ten years. Doesn't sound like a lot, but hopefully we can take care of it and <laughs> make it last a little longer. What kind of maintenance is there in order to do that? Are there things you can do? Not really. <laughs> No, there's not really any maintenance to it, to be honest. The other actual good part of this, too, is that the leaves won't blow in through the fence and stuff like that as well, so I think that will help out. It's a storm. They stay on all year. Oh, we're leaving the nets up this year, all winter, so we'll keep them, they'll stay up all, all year long. I bet they get used all year, too. <laughs> you know? Haven't had much snow yet, so. Knock on wood. Right. <laughs> Anyone else? Well, um, we discussed it last meeting um, with regard to its applicability and affordability. It's it's expensive, but not a tremendous amount of money. Um, I think that. I guess personally, I think we can consider it applicable to CPA by being an upgrade to a recreation structure. Certainly we've done that in many other places in town, whether it be replacing uh, playground equipment or other improvements. So in that sense, in that category, I, I think it has applicability. Is there general agreement on that? Absolutely. I appreciate that, and I know that the neighbors do too. <laughs> yeah. The, the people that actually wrote this don't even live across. They live diagonal right. on the right. other side of 135. And I actually went out there and stood in front of the house to listen, and it very loud. Sure, they can't be the only ones affected by it, particularly the house right next to it. Yeah, mm -hmm. so. 
but uh, you don't want to lose your community support that you had in the first place for pickleball. Generally, such a perfect spot in the park. Because <laughs> you figured it, it was. would have kind of yeah. rounded out, but <laughs> I invite you all to sit down there for a couple minutes and listen. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. Any other questions for Allie? Thank you, right? Just add one thing. Sure. I just wanted to thank all of you for your support on the Acid Playground project. Um, I hope that you've all had a chance to go down there and see it and watch the kids. And it's probably one of my most proud projects that we've done in town since I've been here. It's absolutely amazing. We went down this fall and we did the scarecrow projects that we do, and we spent time down there you know, for a couple of hours. And, um, just watching the kids have so much fun down there. It, it's amazing and I think <clears throat> it's just wonderful that this committee is here and that this money is available to create such amazing venues for the people of the community. So I just wanted to say thank you for supporting <clears throat> You're welcome. I, I agree that project came out really well. I've, I've been there a number of times and mm -hmm. ironically I drove by this morning to take a picture. I was wanted to start getting ready for town meeting and I thought, I don't know why, I just did. And mm -hmm. it was already uh, two or three families out there and a random morning, you know, and cold, you know, but mm -hmm. nobody seemed to care. So that's great. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we can do more with uh, parking and access and walkways around that as we go forward with more town improvements. So, yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate Thank it. You. Thanks for your effort, Ellie. Okay, the next application to uh, have a second review is the First Parish Church Steeple Restoration. Um, we had a terrific presentation from Gordon and David. Thank you again, great. Good to see you again, Gordon. Dave, good to see you again. Thanks for coming back. So we were here a month ago, and um, some things have changed since then. Uh, for the matter, we felt we were going to get some work done on the um, on our steeple outside of the money we're requesting. That we would pay for it, and it was done. And it's been tested by two nor'easters. Um, <laughs> We had a nor'easter at around the 12th or so in month, four inches of rain and high winds. And then the following week, that was on what, a Friday night or something like that, and then the following week, the work was done. And then on the 18th, we had another nor'easter with four inches of rain and um, 50 mile an hour winds. And you know, talking about the pickleball court, you lost a tree down there that blew over. And um, that's uh, the kind of conditions that we had. So that's absolutely the worst conditions. It's improved a lot. And we know we go up there and we have buckets and things for collecting rainwater. So there was before and after. However, there's still, under those conditions, there's some leakage. And if you look at uh, photo one from the engineering report, maybe these color photographs, and perhaps the engineering So it's a photograph of the um, uh, figure one, I'm sorry, of the uh, basically the steeple. Or a, a drone picture. But 
that identifies these levels. There's the um, belfry level, level three, and then the, um, the lantern level, level four, which is as we have this wedding table steeple. Anyway, um, Chris Burgess, the steeple jack, took care of the leaks at the um, belfry level. Replaced the rotten wood where there were holes that are showing in photos one through four. Um, he put in new rubber flashing and did it correctly. And so we're confident that he showed us photographs. So we're confident that works and that right. We think there's still some leakage coming in up at the uh, lantern level. That's about a cubic, much smaller, but there's still some leakage. So we're going to try to take care of that on our own. A little higher to get to the bell level. Did you want to add anything? Yeah, we uh, actually uh, we're trying to push uh, Sprint uh, T-Mobile to get their crap. I mean, their stuff out of the steeple uh, because there's a still a lot of the stuff in there. And um, this uh, gentleman, Keith Johnson, is involved somehow. Um, stopped by yesterday, and Brian Swanson and I went up there with him. You know, we've come to the same conclusion that it appears to be that what's coming in now is coming from a higher level. Doesn't involve in any recruitment, but you know, he gave us a good perspective of what the you know, T Mobile's gonna do by the thirty first of March, um, including some restorative work actually, you know, plugging holes and getting the cables out of it. Excuse me for referring to it as graphic, you know. If you look at the pictures, you know, there's all these accentuators and antennas and stuff like that. So that's the big challenge right now. Um, we really don't know what we're making for others. In the meantime, you know, our request for money is directed at structural restoration, which you can't really see from the outside. So um, <coughs> structural deficiencies remain, and um, you know, we have a proposal from uh, Minuteman, the contractor, to do a lot of work, including the work that we've just had done during the past month. So um, we're trying to address the leakage issues, but the structural issues remain. And not, nothing that um, Chris Burgess has done improves the structure at all. It's just trying to stop, stop the leakage. Yeah. And then there's the, the bell cradle itself, which is kind of the end thing. That the last, uh, Yeah, that's structural as well. Structural. Anyway, so we're making some improvements on our own, but the, the, the big structural challenges remain. That's the need for this application. Again, uh, this guy, Keith Johnson, like I said, he's I'm not sure exactly what his position is, but he went up 
that I, I don't understand. It may have something to do with access to the control room in the basement because um, we've been having a hard time getting in there. And that's where the batteries are and mm -hmm. the cables run down there and stuff like that. So, um, he, you know, he pointed me out to the, um, he gave me a way that you know, hopefully I can move this ahead. At least get some information. We would really like that. Are they going to temporarily remove it while the repair work is done and then put it back up? Or? Oh, no, a, uh, Sprint is pulling out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, there are equipment. So will there be no more cell towers on those? Well, so. AT&T is still there, and, you know, we're wondering, um, there's been talk about, you know, someone replacing Sprint. Um, another, another cell. suspicious area, those cables go <coughs> way up into the lantern level, mm -hmm. which where we think there's still some leakage. Is there any concern that they were contributing factors to some of the leakage and damage? That's been a uh, thought all along, but um, you know, you're going back 25 years to when the first cell phones were put up there. I don't sprint team level was one of them. So we have a, we have a pair, uh, Chris Burgess opened up a panel cables go up in the chaseway to the antennas, and the antennas don't go outside, they're inside. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the guess is that there's still, you know, um, damage to the fascia boards or you know, the siding up at that level and it's coming in at that level and they're going down through and so it shows up on the, the stumps of the cables okay. and stuff like that, but it's not coming out of the cables or anything. some more exterior uh, work that needs to be done to stop the rain, but again, then there's a whole lot more structural things that sure, sure. to keep these people in and keep developing. Yeah, we just need to do all this and then have that continue to be a problem. Well, we're, as far as the leakage goes, we're trying to take care of that now on our own, but yeah. right, the, the leakage is continued leakage. Mm -hmm. They use composite materials, high-tech materials. Well, Chris Burgess, Chris Burgess, and do.
synthetic, so we're confident that the wood that he tore out and replaced with synthetic, that that's going to last a long time. Mm -hmm. Maybe infinitely. Is the ATT equipment still in there as well? Are they still attending? Yes. Yeah. They're using that. And their antennae are up in the ladder level. And what I call the super. <coughs> Does the presence of the ATT equipment interfere with the desired work or not? The contractor was going to have to, you know, work with the with AT and T to come up with a plan. AT and T has been up there doing some structural, you know, uh, modification. I mean, that's how I learned about the whole thing four years ago when they were up there. They are a tenant. They're a good tenant. You know, I'm sure we can work with them. But, you know. Stuff that's just useless and old cables, you know. Uh, that, that stuff used to go. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, you don't see any of it from the outside mm -hmm. of the time you didn't around to see the photo 19. I mean, that's what's in there. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, you stand out there and look at the steeple, you don't see any of it. So that was the twenty thousand that you were thinking that you were going to spend. Yes. So that has been spent already. Pretty much, we have a little bit of reserves in case the contractor comes back and needs to patch something. We're not quite sure, but at this point, what remains to be done. But um, we, you know, we got to identify it. We'll have to take care of it all the and sooner than that. Sure, we had one a year ago on the 23rd of December. And then, you know, we had these two in December this year. It's been a month. Any other questions for these guys? The uh, report's very thorough. You've got all the bases covered on the documentation, which. <clears throat> Uh, was a you know a large improvement from last year when you really didn't quite know what you were going to get into. So, uh, you seem to be in a good position. We um, talked a little bit in the last two meetings about the applicability of the project and, and, uh, and a uh, building that also functions as a church. This criteria really seemed to come down to um, does the project benefit the community at large, not just the members, for instance, of the church. And I don't think there's any doubt that it benefits the community at large, you know, whether it's just hearing the bell or that the building is part of a you know, major historic district. And uh, the property is used by multiple groups, you know, not just churchgoers, as you expressed previously. So I don't think we have a problem coming down on that side of it as far as uh, applicability for CPA money. And uh, when you presented last year, we had uh, more applications, competition for the money, if you will. Um, and, you know, that was, those are the reasons for us denying it last time. But I, I do feel like everything's in a better position this time around. Any other comments, members? 
agree with everything you said. Yeah, I think we're in a good good place to evaluate this uh, this time around. And we will uh, we will do that. Uh, so I don't think we need any more information from you. The application is terrific, like I said. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll take it to the next step. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's good to see you, uh, you know. Thank you. Great to see that building continue on. Uh, the next application on the agenda was the uh, aqueduct historic marker, which is really the replacement of the marker the committee originally approved and town meeting voted a few years back. Um, I guess I would love for the original to be found, but it appears to be occupying someone's uh, historic basement, perhaps. I don't know. Um, so in the, you know, and here again, uh, applicability, it's a bit tricky. We're not actually uh, buying a property, acquiring a property. Restoring a building per se, but uh, personally, I've come down on this as as being a part of the the overall restoration and recognition of the aqueduct. Uh, we know we have an ongoing project, uh, I should say, study engineering work that was already approved at town meeting to bring uh, bring back access to walk the top of the aqueduct. Um, I got a brief update from uh, Lori Connors. Our, Planning director, that uh, there were some uh, delays around that with regard to getting uh, mass water to get bring information, but we've passed that point, so maybe there'll be a little more progress. Yeah, right. This is. Yeah. <clears throat> so unfortunately, I did reach out to the design engineer. Um, I believe he's on vacation, so he hasn't responded. Um, unfortunately, in order to progress the project, um, they needed access to the aqueduct itself. Um, and we have not been able to receive a response back from the MWRA representative. Um, it took from August until two weeks ago to finally hear back despite multiple phone calls and multiple emails. Uh, so a little bit frustrating. Um, and the lack of inability to access the tunnel um, meant that the project was kind of at a standstill. So I um, am hoping to get a response to my email with a detailed time frame on progress. Of course, they still have not accessed because there needs to be some change in language to the 8M permit. Um, so until we get the, the new language to the 8M permit and they actually access the tunnel, um, they're not going to be able to make progress. So I've been assured that they are working on it. Um, <clears throat> I 
don't know what that means. Hopefully it won't be another four months um, before progress is made. Is it fair to say the vast majority of the budget approved at prior town meeting? It's still sitting there. They really haven't put many hours against it. They have not. So we just continue to wait. This is consistent with years even before your arrival in town. Well, the good news is don't the dog want to talk to us. is, uh, yes, you know, yes. uh, hopefully at Monday's Conservation Commission meeting, uh, that project will be approved. And then the next step is to give the final design and the bid documents to the Stanton Foundation. Uh, they're also looking for an updated cost estimate. Uh, God willing, we will receive the $250,000 that we have requested once we submit those documents, and then we can go out to bid as soon as possible. Uh, hopefully, a worst case scenario is the beginning of February. Terrific. Good. So that project is moving. Any updates from the city of Marlboro about the water access? No, no, we've been waiting for the arrival of the new, oh, new mayor. mayor. Um, so we are, uh, you know, hopeful yeah. uh, that there will be a change of uh, feelings towards the, the town of Northborough and we will be able to hook in, especially because I foresee that there will be a number of Marlboro residents who will be enjoying the dog park. Good, good. Thank you. A little off topic, but appreciate the update. So we'll, uh, any more discussion on the aqueduct marker? I think you kind of know what it is. So. Um, I'm going to make a recommendation, if you're okay, with uh, bringing forward the affordable housing agenda item and saving the conservation fund item for after that. I have a reason for that. So uh, Rick and Ray, any updates you have for us? So ultimately, it's the, uh, the the committee action you're asking for is uh, reauthorizing 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019 monies unallocated, and that's the 373, 144. 
Okay. Forgive me. Okay. And then the um, the new amount of request one twenty six eight fifty five sixty five cents. To be clear, that would be uh, a new round of funding to the NAHC subject to the funding agreements consistent with previous years. Uh, if approved, you would then have uh, up to five hundred thousand available to the NAHC. And as you see from the, uh, the spreadsheet here, there's additional uh, affordable housing money outside of that, which is a combination of unspent money from prior projects and 10% um, affordable housing that was set aside uh, in the 2023, 22, and 21 town meetings. Those 10% weren't allocated to any projects. So the, the sum of those three 10% plus some money left over from projects that wasn't spent adds up to that 279.863. So if you add that number to the 500,000, then in total it would be the amount of money set aside for affordable housing to provide the those that the 279.863 would be borne out of the economy approval. So let's say we did before the, before the town with a $600,000 project. Very good. Uh, as you're talking about the, res the reserves, both in the CPA reserve account and the NAHC's money, you know, it brings to light the, the, the article that you shared uh, on an email, and it was in the Boston Globe. It was an editorial, actually, right? Um, just commenting on uh, overall in Massachusetts, uh, <coughs> although affordable housing is one of the three key tenants of. CPA, it's really being underserved in the big picture. And in some cases, in, uh, you know, even in all communities' best interests, um, sometimes uh, funds are more apt to go to land preservation, but not necessarily the construction of any housing property on that land, and so on. And so um, I know we bring it up at every town meeting. We try to point out that in our own pie chart, if you will, um, the percentage toward affordable housing does not quite meet what we've done in open space and recreation. There's obviously a lot, lot more uh, useful projects that come before us for that. And then in, in historical preservation, uh, primarily the White Cliffs expenditure, but others have made those two categories larger historically. So we've got a lot more work to do. This is uh, still a very reasonable request that you're putting forth, and I know if there was something bigger that we, you know, you, you'd come for it. So uh, I think we have to continue to look out each year for more opportunities uh, and try to do another bigger project. Unfortunately, a couple of years ago it didn't come to pass, but you, you guys do your best to uh, find every small opportunity and I for that uh, you're 
you to be congratulated. We appreciate it. Okay. So we are in order. Certainly potential for this Bounder Street land that's not being used for the dog park. You know, we're working with Habitat for the possibility of affordable housing in the easterly part of that property, which could be a small, medium, or a large-sized project. That's another project that's dependent on the city of Marlborough deciding whether they can allow us to use their water and sewer and not have to put something in wells on that property. So we pretty much bigger an affordable housing project on that property. I want to factor in soundproofing from the dog park. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm with the uh, executive director of the Greater Vista Habitat for Humanity, with excellent news from making a reduction for her to the Marlboro Bay, and she's going to be speaking to me fairly soon about that project. So there's a couple of Northborough angles towards trying to connect to the uh, northern sea. I was only half kidding about the soundproofing, by the way. Not even half. <laughs> so we'll see what develops. Good, thank you. Well, uh, we know our our work, uh, and we'll bring it to the next step. It definitely looks like uh, easily affordable, and obviously, uh, no question about uh, applicability and support for affordable housing. So, thank you. Okay. Once again, thank you for your consideration. Be available to any questions. Appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, so that leaves us with the, the last application. Is the uh, that sponsored by the Open Space Committee, which I will now speak on behalf of. We also have Leslie uh, on the Open Space Committee who can help me out. Um, the application is for 350000 that we recommend to be put in the conservation fund as we, as we have done consistently at several previous town meetings. Uh, that fund has been used successfully to acquire open land and properties uh, outside of the town meeting cycle uh, by when uh, sale opportunities came up and conservation opportunities came up, we were able to use that fund. The fund uh, currently has about 664000 that is monies put in by previous town meeting vote, uh, CPA funds from previous town meeting vote that are still unexpended. There's another 60000 or so that was uh, it's either interest or prior conservation fund money that certainly could be used for the same purpose, but it was not CPA restricted money. But uh, my point is with the 350, um, the amount of conservation fund money available for open space acquisition would exceed $1 million. We, uh, in the application and in, in previous presentations, we talk about the outreach that the Open Space Committee does with landowners in town, uh, making sure they know that the town is in the business of acquiring property if, if they're willing to sell it or, or put a conservation restriction on it, trying to give them options other than selling to developers. And that's, that's been a successful strategy. But we did not have any uh, imminent purchases to share other than uh, some opportunities that we were pursuing that might be a year or two down the road. However, since our last meeting on December 7th, the town was presented with uh, a purchase and sale agreement and uh, a notification that the property at 432 Whitney Street would be uh, potentially taken out of Chapter 61A if sold to the current 
potential buyer. With that program, the town has the right of first refusal to acquire that land instead. The purchase and sale price is $1.7 million. And um, forgive me, I did not bring the full property info, but 35 acres, it sounds sound right, Laurie? I think it's uh, 24 acres. Thank you. Uh, and the property, for the, to orient you geographically, if you're driving Whitney Street from Northborough toward Berlin, uh, you cross the aqueduct and the railroad tracks. This is the property on the right, uh, what would be sort of the south side of the road. Um, it's important to note the owner of this property is also the owner of 429 Whitney Street, which is the property on the left, or the Anza Farm. Um, however, there's no activity on the current land other than an old trailer. Uh, but the, 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 app, uh, the, the potential buyer would be turning it into industrial land and also potentially um, putting a spur into the railway. Um, so there's concerns around that, but not really the concerns of the Open Space Committee, where the Open Space Committee is in the business of, of uh, reviewing potential purchases of land. So uh, we did review that again at a meeting on December, 20, December 18th, December the week before Christmas. Anyway, um, the result was a unanimous vote to uh, craft a letter recommending that the town purchase the land and putting that forth to the select board. Uh, it's my understanding that the planning board has authored and approved a similar letter by unanimous vote. And so uh, we are bringing up the, the opportunity to the town to, to acquire that land. The timing is complicated. You're supposed to act within 120 days of receiving the, the purchase and sale. So um, I'm not here to comment on that per se, but the point is that uh, there seems to be an opportunity where by all means the conservation fund money would be needed and maybe more and uh, the additional funds might and could come from other CPA resources, be it reserves or uh, town meeting vote for uh, bonding against future funds, just as a suggestion. Uh, there's not an application, there's not a pr proposal to bring that to the table today, but we may, uh, and I'm going to recommend at the end of the meeting that we keep our open hearing open uh, toward our next meeting, which would likely be the first Monday, February 1st in February, unless there's a need to meet sooner. Um, but. Uh, it certainly supports the application before us for the extra conservation money. So I wanted to put that information out to all members since it is kind of recent news. Um, December 20th. It was December 20th. I, uh, and why February 1st? That's a Monday. Normally it would be the 4th, which would be the Thursday. Isn't that a Thursday? It is a Thursday. Oh, okay. You said, for the first, you said Monday. Sorry. Okay. Pray give me. Because I'm gone oh. that Monday. Uh, that, that would be our next meeting date. So, uh, I wanted to put that out, and I wanted to have the discussion on uh, the conservation fund money last. It's the largest number of our applications, and put that in context with the, the potential budget that we might work from. So, you know, how do members feel about uh, making some determinations tonight? Certain votes on approval or not? 
at least bringing down part of the list or should we uh, wait until the next meeting? Good vote. With some of these, we can certainly vote on it then. Very good. Um, I apologize. I missed the rationale for not voting on all of them tonight for keeping the hearing open. Sorry. Uh, I didn't really give an argument okay. or rationale. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Only that um, uh, in light of what I just spoke about and the potential that there may be uh, another request before us, I would recommend keeping the, the hearing open. Okay. And uh, I recommend we meet again on February 1st. Uh, it, it might be rubber stamping of anything we do tonight, or it might be review of new information, or there could be very little on the agenda, but I want to keep the hearing open for that purpose. Is that sufficient explanation? I guess, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm, are you concerned that it wouldn't pass tonight, but there more information would be available in a week, in a month that would cause us to approve it, or? I'm not concerned so much as it's possible. So it's an increase, okay. In the order to consider that application, And by the way, there, as with anything, there could be an argument among the committee to, to, uh, you know, to not feel the open space conservation money is, is as important, that reserves are important and so on. We had similar discussions last year about trying to keep the reserves as high as possible. We now have un, the unreserved account, meaning those CPA funds not yet allocated to one of the three categories, meaning that they uh, have flexibility to be used for a project from any of the three categories. That amount is uh, 1060000 I'm sorry, yes, 1060000 approximately right now. And that's from the revenue received in the previous fiscal year and money's not spent at the last uh, town meeting. So it's probably a higher reserve than we've ever had. Um, but, you know. There was another big project that we talked about that was out there on the horizon, that being White Cliffs, but we, we don't have plans yet for White Cliffs. There's not a project before us in this cycle. Uh, there's not a, a plan before us yet, so it's hard to judge what monies would be needed or could be used from CPA toward White Cliffs. It's just going to take more time. Uh, so your question was about why would we keep the open hearing open? And I have answered the same, no, I, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. Thank you. But uh, anyway, um, back to the budget. So as we get ready to approve different projects, um, we look at what we know we have to do. And one of those things is the uh, next White Cliffs bond payment that we pretty much need to bring forward or at least vote to bring forward every year. Um, going back to the notes from Town Accountant Jason's presentation in October. The amount needed on the bond is 180, but however, there's uh, something called a premium reserve that he would have to explain to us before we craft the warrant language. But at any rate, that amount is 11,399. So. I did the math, and the amount that we would need to consider is 164641 for the White Cliffs bond article. Everybody understanding of that? 
Do I make a motion? Should I make a motion? We're always free to make a motion. <clears throat> I make a motion that we fund $164,641 for the White Cliff bond out of new revenue. Second. Motion by Andy, second by Leslie. Thank you. I think don't we typically take that strictly from new revenue? Uh, yes, or is that traditionally what we have motion said? Yep. Yeah, I think that's always the right policy. Agreed? <clears throat> I think this is the fourth to the last. Okay. Yeah, 28 to check the last one. There are uh, three more if this one was approved. Uh, slightly less amounts at each one. Yeah. So, uh, so you have six fifty-five, three five nine left in that new revenue. So this is a new. Can you write that a little smaller? Yeah. <laughs> you can't read it? <laughs> it's fine. I'm just being a jerk tonight. Sorry. <laughs> you are? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's okay. We have a lot of excitement. Uh, the uh, affordable housing reserve is 279863 And the uh, unreserved $1,067,400. Okay, so the uh, White Cliffs. I uh, will leave us with finding the revenue. Any other questions on the White Cliffs amount? Just one, do you think there'll be a plan to do anything with that before we pay off the bond completely? I, I personally have no idea. Seriously, then what happens? Mm. Well, yeah, it, I mean, you know, <laughs> the town owns it, so this is basically paying the mortgage. Yeah, and I had uh, a discussion with that's the not going to go away. Administrator today. Um, uh, part of the challenge has been a lack of clear direction on what to do, and we've been talking about going out doing community outreach to see what the citizens want to do with White Cliffs, whether there's an appetite uh, to use it for potential town hall or community space, so keep owning the property, or whether they want to just sell it um, with the requirement that there has to be a preservation restriction, or whether they want to sell it without the requirement in which case uh, the building will, chances are, be demolished. Um, yeah. I thought that couldn't so, happen because uh, it was purchased with mm -hmm. CPC funds. Uh, well, if you remember, we had the presentation uh, by Stuart 
and that question was asked. And um, any sort of profit from the sale would have to go back to the CPC, is my understanding. So property, yeah, he he narrowed it down pretty succinctly. The property would have to sell at market value. Those funds would return to CPA reserves. But more importantly, um, it was purchased with CPA, so it, it uh, under that, it has a historical restriction uh, qualification. But the, his, the, the historic restriction formally was never done, has never been done. So Stuart was saying, it doesn't matter if you hadn't done it. it, it you have to treat it as if you had done it which means that if you want to remove the property from that requirement, it needs to be approved by the Massachusetts Historical Commission. That's the biggest hurdle, if I understand correctly. That's I don't know how easy that, that is. Yeah. So um, should that be approved, then the town would have the right to sell it without the restriction on it. Uh, you're assuming that a buyer wouldn't want to buy it with the restriction since it would limit what they could do with the property, which was the, the question at the very beginning of this before the town bought it. So we have received a couple of proposals uh, from vendors who would do community outreach services. I did reach out to DBBW, who is the uh, consultant team uh, that prepared the feasibility study and the reuse assessment. Um, so they provided a quote for coming out, uh, kind of laying the groundwork of the what has been done to date. These are some of the challenges with the building. These are the reuse scenarios that were examined as part of that study. This is why they were chosen, uh, and this is the result of uh, that analysis. And then we received another uh, quote uh, from a community outreach firm, and uh, they proposed doing a whole variety of community outreach efforts. So it would include a couple of workshops, a couple of community meetings, uh, reactivating a website um, for gathering public input, as well as doing a video of Whitecliffe so it was clear what the existing conditions of the building are, and uh, that could be put on the web page um, as well as uh, used during the various community outreach sessions. So the dollar figure associated with that um, is about $17,000. So right now I have zero money. Um, so that is the big challenge, is that we need money to go forward with community outreach. Um, it doesn't look like that is something that would be eligible under CPC funds after hearing uh, Stuart speak. So we are going to approach uh, the select board about using ARPA funds. Um, so that will be in a couple of weeks, not at this meeting that they're having next week, but the following meeting. So we'll see if they want to invest in that. Um, there, there is another effort uh, that I've been working on um, to develop a scope of work uh, for architectural services. 
uh, to demolish the 1960s and 1970s editions. So, of course, uh, the premise is to comply with the U.S. Department of the Interior standards. So we would need architectural expert. The cost associated with that, ballpark figures, anywhere from $85,000 to $125,000. Uh, it would probably take about six months. Um, once again, money is a challenge. We would have to go out to bid. Um, because the design services would exceed $30,000. Uh, so there are a couple of different sources of funds. Uh, when I spoke to the town administrator, he didn't want to pursue that until after the community outreach effort is undertaken because what if the decision is to sell the property, then what use is it going to be to demolish the additions? Um, and absorb town money in order to do Why that. Why not so. use the admin fund for the outreach? I mean, we can use it for appraisals and legal fees and that kind of junk. Why wouldn't be able to use the, the way he explained it was it is money that we can use to help us make a decision. And it seems like if the community outreach piece gives us a direction to make a decision, that's as, at least as valuable as an appraisal. I when the, I heard his response, to me it sounded like that would be ineligible use of administration funds, uh, but of course it's, it's your it, money. He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't, make the, the, doesn't decide the issue. Well, he gave us guidance that was defined as the admin fund should be for the business of this committee. And we have probably stretched that by applying it to future efforts that follow the project. Uh, I think what it comes down to in this case, if if there was an application that was written to use CPA funds for uh, the, the demolitions or the, the, the first steps of restoration it's with some scope to it, you, it would be a, an application on which we, we needed information to judge. It would be the only way you could Go down the path of saying let's use the admin account for these consultants. Well, couldn't you put an application in for the community outreach? But then you so then you have to apply that to applicability of CPA funds. We're not, you know, that outreach effort all by itself is not acquiring, preserving, restoring CPC function. Any anything you know tangible. Too many lawyers. Well, the, the fastest Wouldn't that be path fairly straightforward? is to use ARPA funds um, because then we don't have to wait to tell meeting uh, in order to move forward. You know, I would like to move forward with the community outreach as soon as possible so that we have a path forward. Um, so you know, if the select board authorizes the ARPA funds, I think that's the best case scenario. If they don't, then we'll have to do it as a town meeting article. There's, there really is no other option. So, are ARPA funds immediately available? They are.
get some pickle. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like that chicken and the egg. It's, it's just so difficult to move forward on this this property. Nobody's asking you to to rehash it. <laughs> we, we've all kind of lived it. <laughs> all right. So in the meantime, we got to pay the mortgage, so to speak. <clears throat> Is there any more question on the uh, the the motion to? Uh, Bring forward to town meeting $164,641 to pay the next Whitecliffs bond payment. Uh, hearing none, we have a vote all in favor. Aye. Aye. And any opposed? None. So we have a 9 0 vote. Thank you very much. Um, we also often look to, speaking of the administrative fund, mm -hmm. which is for the purpose of the business of the committee, we're allowed to allocate up to 5% of new revenue. We tend to ask for the maximum amount, to, and ask the town for the maximum amount, knowing that if we don't use it in this committee, it goes back into the unreserved account of CPA. So still, still the town's money. We're not spending it anywhere else if we don't use it on a, uh, uh, fees, legal expenses, and so on. People sometimes ask, what are we using it for? It does go towards paying clerical fees that are used in this committee for minutes and so on. It does go for paying the dues to the uh, Community Preservation Coalition, of which Stewart is the director and very helpful to the town. So things like that are a no-brainer. And otherwise, if we don't use it, it goes back into the unreserved. So, uh, I have uh, calculated that at forty-one thousand, and uh, we could make a motion to do that, or another amount as any member sees fit. We allocate forty-one thousand dollars for the administration fund from New Rep. Second. Seconded by Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Discussion? Opposition? Hearing none, all in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? None, so we're 9 0 on that. That gives you Motions, if we're so moved to do that, uh, sure. Want to go in order of the uh, of my spreadsheet or the agenda? Either one. The next uh, application was pickleball soundproofing. Uh, so sure, is there a motion to be made? Fifty-four thousand five hundred dollars for pickleball soundproofing from new revenue. Second. Leslie and Jeff team again. Thank you. Any uh, questions about it or any concern whatsoever about making pickleball quieter in Northboro? Mm -hmm. It's like a campaign slogan, right? 
<laughs> whack your ball more quietly. <laughs> I think we need to add some money to it to buy some of those special quiet paddles that are coming out with it. There you go. Yeah. should stock them on the fence down there. Uh, you know, after this, it came up on the feed. I'm like, Oh, it's listening because there it is. Quiet <laughs> <laughs> pickleball paddles. All right, all I'll joking. Tell you, though, I don't get that for banners, which are looks like pretty darn similar stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Be, exactly. It would be like uh, we could wrap a banner around it for about ten. You know, right, right. <clears throat> really, probably put graphics on it too. <laughs> put graphics on it too. And I wouldn't even have to install it tightly because it's loose. It's the uh, <laughs> element that creates the sound barrier. I'll put you in the uh, in the bid list for this. Who knew? Graphics and sound barrier. Going to go into the uh, colorful soundproofing. All right. All kidding aside, this is serious stuff. Uh, any other questions on the motion? All in favor of the pickleball softening? Aye. Aye. All opposed. Great. We are in favor. 9 to 0 on pickleball. Now it's from new revenue, right? Yep. Yes. Okay, uh, the next application we considered was the First Parish Steeple project. Um, those guys have worked really hard on it. Probably the most thorough CPA application ever. And uh, I guess we have a little discussion about applicability, community need. Does anybody have any input, different opinions on that? I had some memory trace of this project in particular was going to be run past town council. Did that happen, or am I misremembering? I think you might be misremembering. I think I, I recommended not doing that for fear that we were going to be boxed in on an answer that we didn't necessarily want to follow. Okay, so there's discussion of that. Okay. But maybe maybe somebody did, and I didn't know about it. Yeah, but. I we took your advice, and I think it made more sense to, uh, based on what we knew and what we heard, and clarified with uh, Stuart Saginaw's presentation too, you know, um, we can justify it meets the, the criteria of those projects that have gone forward. Um, so I think this committee should feel free to vote on it. And if, um, if uh, staff or anyone feels that, you know, council, council looks at all the Warren articles anyway, if staff feels they should look at that one in more detail. We'll deal with it then. Is that fair? Very good. Any anybody in the mood for a motion? I make a motion that we move two hundred and ten thousand out of new revenue for the first parish church steeple application. Second. Uh, Andy or Tom Sean. Thank you, Millie. And uh, motion by Millie. Second by Sean. Any other discussion? Very good. All in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? We are all in favor. Excellent. Now we're getting into the good math. 
Okay, it brings us to the infamous aqueduct sign. That we uh, uh, support the aqueduct sign project for the amount of $4,729 from the revenue. Second. It was uh, Leslie and Jeff team again? When you share seats, you share like votes and brains. Is that from new revenue? Yes. Anything to move the legislative process forward? Can they? Can we fund an extra five bucks for uh, vandal-resistant hardware? Yeah. It's supposed to be like a. That, doesn't it? What was it like? Blue Loctite? Is that what we came up with? I feel like uh, I feel like it needs to be better than that. But, you know, how about a an actual lock? Huh? <laughs> uh, fair enough. We'll go with their number. Any questions on the motion? Hearing none, all in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? We're getting a new sign. Nicely done. 47. 345-130. <clears throat> okay. Now you see where the math problem <clears throat> gets a little more complicated. Um, the uh, the conservation fund amount could not be completely funded by the remaining new revenue. The affordable housing article obviously could. And we talked about that first anyway, so let's bring that back up to the table. So I'd like to make a motion first to, is it extend or extend the $373,144.35 from CPA funding voted on 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018 and 2019 of the unallocated funds. I guess I rephrase that from the unallocated funds from 2015, 2016, 2017, 18, and 19. And you amend the motion, uh, I think uh, Rick Leaf pointed out previously, 2015 has nothing left. So it's 16, uh, oh. 16 17, 18, and 19. That's all. Oh, okay. He had it in, in here. Yeah, I, I didn't. You got to read further, but. Okay. One more fiscal year, right?
Yeah, that's true. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I was looking up above it where it still had the 2015. Okay. All this funding would be would. Um, where's the extension deadline? June 30th, 2025. Okay. Go to the very last sentence and just. Yeah. Could basically make extension of that could basically be your motion, I think. I'm sorry. Um, very last page. Very last page. I'm in the last page. Oh, I'm part. Very last uh, two lines basically could be your motion, I think. Be extended, yes, and, and the approval funding be extended until June 30th, 2025. I apologize. Very good. Uh, motion by Andy. Is there a second? Second by Millie. Thank you. Okay, so this vote is not uh, with regard to the current year CPA budget, but with regard to extending those unallocated funds from 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019 until June 30, 2025 to make it available to the NAHC. All in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? Aye. Very good. So that votes in. Uh, I want to take a stab at the next section, Andrew. Um, well, this is the one where you want to do some math, because uh, we have to take the uh, the ten percent out for for uh, affordable housing from new revenue. Well, we can take as much as we want from new revenue. I know, but they, you would need to then take an additional fund for conservation. Right? Is yeah. there nothing else? Is the just, uh, soundproofing would be? Let's just vote the. I'm sorry. Let's just uh, make a motion with regard to the affordable uh, the okay. affordable housing application by itself. Okay. Um, I move that we. Uh, <coughs> what's the word? All of a sudden, to fund one hundred one hundred twenty-six thousand eight hundred and fifty-five dollars and sixty-five cents. From uh, new revenue to the to the uh, Northboro Affordable Housing Corp. Oh, pardon me. Before you finish your motion, can we round it up? Okay. NEHC doesn't care, right? Okay. So, okay. Then uh, let's make it one. Can we get rid of the cents, please? Okay. Do you want to just? Okay. Twenty-seven thousand. Hundred and twenty-seven thousand. No, I was just we're going to round it up a dollar. Hundred twenty-six thousand eight hundred and fifty-six dollars and zero cents from new revenue to the. Uh, again, I'm sorry. Hundred twenty-six thousand eight hundred and fifty-six dollars from new revenue. From new revenue. And is there a second? Second. Seconded by Jeff. And so, just to be clear, this is additional 126, 856 even. Uh, also, uh, to be given to the NAHC, subject to the funding agreement as per previous years. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Uh, any further discussion? Hearing none, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Excellent.
So, this is new revenue, right? Mm -hmm. So this is the AH to the NAHC. And it was uh, one, two, six, eight, fifty-six. Mm -hmm. Calculators. Two eighteen, two seven four. Okay, so that leaves us with the, the last application is the conservation fund amount. And here, um, uh, it's been presented, the amounts, the, the justification for the amount was presented. Um, it's great to bring the con fund to a million, but it wouldn't buy the land that we talked about anyway. So there'll be other, there'll be other considerations. Uh, so I'm open to any motions, suggestions to uh, consider the application, uh, be it from new revenue, be it from unreserved, be it uh, continued to the next meeting. I'm open for comment. I'll take a stab at a motion if you like. Thank you. I move that we fund the conservation requests of $350,000 from combination of 131.726 from new revenue and 218.274 from unreserved. My math right? Just to clarify, did you mean to say it the other way around? Yeah, the categories. Are, uh, switch them, that's all. I thought we had 100. What do we have left? We have 274. Sorry about that. 274 and new revenue. I amend my motion to reverse that. Second that. Second to the Second. amendment. Almost got it right. Uh, very good. So it's con fund. And the motion was by Andy D. Second by Jeff. Uh, so to be clear, that would uh, use the new the remaining new revenue, 218-274, and the remainder from our reserves of a million. 67.14, so we have plenty there. Any um, questions on the motion? Hearing none, all in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Thank you. Uh, thanks very much for that. On behalf of the Open Space Committee and all open spacers. Uh, so this is uh, comes to zero here. And uh, the other amount was 131276. Isn't it 131726? 
John, if you have the nine two eight, you could probably pop the numbers into the spreadsheet on your laptop quickly to confirm. But I have to open the laptop, wait for it to come up, put in my password. Fair enough. Fair enough. You have the audience can't see it. Nine two eight nine eight eight. Nine two eight nine eight eight. Still a substantial reserve. Um, and our affordable housing reserve remains the same. And our others also remain at zero. Uh, good work, everyone. Any comments, questions on what we've achieved? Thank you all. Thanks to you, uh, your your efforts are uh, inexhaustible. It seems, and I don't know how long you can keep it going. I hope you can add more to your team, and find more places to uh, to add them more than one at a time. Right? Uh, it's great to do that, but. The town needs affordable housing. The town needs to add housing. The state needs more affordable housing. It's written about. We talk about it. <clears throat> and our, uh, yeah, our, our committees and boards, so we've got, we got to get on the same train with it. So this is one step forward anyway. Thank you again. John, if I could just add to that that um, the Housing Authority met last night and we continue to discuss you know the possibility of a, a project again um, at the property on Village Drive and we're trying to identify additional funding sources and I guess there's a new round of funding that just came out so nice. hopefully we'll be coming back next year with another proposal potentially on the same site again yes yeah good that's the desire can I ask a question if you if hypothetically the town purchased the property on Whitney, that would not be available for because <coughs> it borders right now, right? It borders residential, correct? Yeah, so, so the right conservation would prevent that from being developed in, in a way into affordable housing. If there was, if it's 24 acres. Not if and it was. It would have to be done as a comprehensive permit. This is currently zoned industry, so housing isn't allowed otherwise. Sure, but if the being if foreseen that the mechanism would be the <coughs> conservation fund, would that restrict it from being that, or you could still go forward and <coughs> get us? You're raising a technicality, which is a good one. I, you know, I'd like to. Maybe reach out to Stuart and ask where it might have been done. I think that if you once you buy it, with CPA for conservation, it's under a conservation restriction. You don't build anything on it. It doesn't mean that the the town couldn't possibly then go back and change part of it. But it, you were probably better off to approach it <coughs> at town meeting up front. Yeah, that, still CPA, but it's so so you're purchasing it. <coughs> So you will do a limited affordable housing 
element and then the balance of the land would be permanently protected there's, space. So that's what I would just, just looking at it, a, a chunk of it is wetlands anyway, right? right. It's, it's, so there's a substantial portion that's wetlands anyway that wouldn't be developable. But it's also abutting land that's owned by DCR for the purpose of flood control. So uh, the land that is the back land that abuts that DCR land, uh, that'd probably be better suited for open space than housing. So the housing would, I mean, ideally, <coughs> would be done over by the frontage on Whitney Street mm -hmm. with all the back land that opens. Have you, it, the you lot itself does not lend itself just how to how buildable it is, be it for industrial or commercial or, 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 uh, I mean, or it residential has or anything. Development potential. I mean, the land so, itself, are there? I have not walked the site, but Vinny, the conservation agent, has walked the site. And um, uh, there's definitely a certain amount that is unbuildable because it's wetlands, and there is some topography issues. There is a high point, um, but that can be easily overcome for Just curious. <clears throat> it's not really a parcel that would like lends itself into like the Green Street corridor or some other component of of larger, you know, uh, you know, sort of conservation corridors or has uh, any sort of intrinsic beauty for hiking or something like that. Uh, some connectivity, but that could be maintained, you know. Some of the connectivity, but the con connectivity is a railroad, right? So it's not really like people go marching down the railroad, you know. Um, well, the aqueduct, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'd be good, you know. Um, but that's mostly the other side, the lot yeah. that, that no one, that that's not up for sale. sale. Yeah, that's that's the pe place they walk. They don't really walk. Well, no, the aqueduct goes, you know. You I know it goes go that way, street. but it doesn't, you don't. You can do a parking lot on this parcel and then to facilitate the hiking along the aqueduct. Yep, and, a, and a affordable house. Because if you're talking about property that has it, because isn't this one of the areas that we do have? Town water and sewer and things like that. No sewer. But at least town water and gas and other infrastructure in place. Yeah, good, good question. Get a farm right across the street. <laughs> yeah. There's a large industrial yeah. complex yeah. next door. I'm pretty sure that they have utilities. Yeah. I don't think it's sewer though. But to your point, in the whole bucket that we talked about, the lack of affordable housing development, CPA, they talked about a couple of towns have used CPA money to prevent affordable housing by doing exactly what you said. <coughs> in one town, there was a project that was on some land to affordable housing, and the town chose instead to use conservation money to turn it into a conservation area and restricting housing from being built on it. Which, in that particular space, I guess if you were a resident in that area thinking that not in my backyard mentality, right, uh, you have the choice of an industrial space with a railroad track being added to you or maybe an affordable housing component in there. Um, 
you're right there would there's, there's you can expect some opposition if it's brought up in town meeting as a dual purpose you know purchase um, but the short-sightedness of it would be yeah well those you know those individuals that would oppose housing compared to in you know continued industrial uh, given the, the the climate in this town about you know trucking and industrial areas I mean You'd be a hard-pressed citizen to say no to both. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. They, they like, shot down affordable housing at White Cliffs, right? Yeah. So it, it's there's no to make a point. no shortage of people that would want to shoot it down just based on the scare of scare tactic of it's affordable housing and out of my neighborhood kind of zone. Maybe there really is nobody abutting it. You know, as you say, so it's got potential. So we should. Are we sure though that by Paying a million dollars or whatever it's going to ultimately be using conservation fund money isn't going to do exactly what Mr. Leaf just said we're going to do. Well, that's what I, <coughs> I just don't want to. It should be. You can't buy it all. You couldn't buy it all with open space. We should know that, that we can't, if we what's do the, it, and then the all of a sudden we can't. 1.7. 1.7 million. Oh, so you're not planning on using only conservation. you got to have other money for it. No matter what. So that, okay, there's your allocation. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we don't really know what it might, like, what might come of it, but mm -hmm. should it be a half and half kind of thing, then yeah, we got to, you know, another source of funding has to be had, and if it was CPA, then we, we can have that discussion. Well, once again, if the decision was to fund a certain amount through available CPA money and bond the rest, and as opposed to the conservation project, that puts the restriction on how you develop housing. So I just don't think it's important. If there's a desire to be able to present it. Oh, absolutely. To fund it in the way that allows all the people. Nothing we've done tonight restricts us either way. Right. Maybe we uh, talk about that in the next meeting. So. Um, it's all about having an option. That's all. <coughs> it's so hard to get any type of affordable housing. We limit our options even more. It's not going to help. Yeah. And I, um, Andy and I heard this statistic last night, which was eye opening that there are close to 12,000 families in Massachusetts who formerly have applied for housing. They're on the wait list currently. And almost 4,000 singles and couples on the wait list currently. Wow. And those are people who have formerly put applications in for things like. challenge okay any other business to bring forth to the committee um, as I mentioned earlier I recommend we do continue the open hearing to uh, our next meeting February 1st just in the event <clears throat> any new considerations come up so I need a motion to do that 
motion to continue the public hearing to the next meeting. Thank you, Billy. Second. Second from your teammate, Sean. There you go. <laughs> Uh, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Yes. Yeah, all opposed. I'll assume it's a 9 Thank you very much, everyone. Uh, they, they got a couple motions. They got a couple things, man.